This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. We have some friends in California. Their names are John and Edmie, and they are elementary education teachers, first grade and second grade. It is fascinating to talk to them about the kids. They've been doing it for 20 or 30 years, and to listen to them talk about the stories and the unique personalities that they meet is is just really, really interesting. Often ask them if they get to see these kids later on in life when they're adults. And they say that quite often they get to see them and they usually make the remark that, you know what, they're just the same. They're just how I expected them to grow up and to turn out. And I asked Edmie one day, I said, how long does it take you to figure out what the kid's going to be like? And she said, usually takes a day and a half. I said, a day and a half? She goes, yes, you know what, the kids just exhibit the personality and the character traits that you can just clearly see how they're going to turn out. The entrepreneur in me said, wow, Edmie, I think you could make a living at this. Can you imagine if parents could come in, have you sit down with their child, spend a little bit of time with them, and then help them to plan for how they're going to maybe overcome some of the obstacles or challenges or take advantage of some of the strengths and opportunities that they may have with their kids as they grow older. She hasn't tried it yet. I think she loves teaching, but it sure would be an intriguing thing to do. I saw the same thing when I went and saw my grandson, who's in pre-K, at his school and and sat down and had lunch with all the kids, and every single one of them is so different and so unique, and it was just obvious to me in the 20 minutes that I was with them that there were a couple of kids I needed to keep my grandson away from because they were clearly going to be trouble. The reality is everyone is unique, and this podcast is called Coaching Embracing the Individual because we all know that adults are individuals as well. I was at a Halloween party last week. Nobody wears the same costume, although there were a number of jokers this year. Everybody's got a unique costume that kind of is a reflection of who they are and how they want to be seen, and we have this wide array of individuals that are working in our contact centers, right? People right out of high school or college, still being educated, part-time, full-time, long-time employee, new employee, and there's just this host of different types of individuals and personalities. And what I wanted to talk to you today about is how do we coach this individual? And so I've got three very, very simple points this week. You're going to know everything that I'm going to say, but it is a great reminder and there's something to be said about things that are basic. Uh, They've been true for a really, really long time. There are things that we inherently know, sometimes forget, 
But these are the things that I want you to know when you're coaching an individual. Number one right out of the gates is they're not all alike. Of course they're not all alike. They're different. They're individuals. But we've gotten to this point in contact centers where we embrace the diversity. We talk about it all the time, but we treat everyone the same. And sometimes we do this because we get structured into an HR kind of a circumstance where, you know what, we really got to treat them all the same. We got, we got to treat them all the same. And, and, and you do, right? We're, we're giving them the same data. We're providing them the same opportunity to maybe pick their schedules. Obviously, there's a process that you go through for disciplinary actions and how you communicate and what you do. But the reality is, even though we may, we may have the same set of rules We can't treat everybody the same because if not, we're not embracing their diversity. We're not embracing the difference between the individuals. And let's face it, this is a a complicated, somewhat mundane task that we're doing. And so we need to find ways to reinforce and engage our individuals separately. Give you a great example for those of you that are parents or maybe soon to be parents, right? Every kid, despite the fact they were born from the same two people, are never the same, right? One you can yell at. Some you have to spank. The Bible says, spare the rod, spoil the child, right? Some we have to speak to sternly. Some we have to speak to softly. Some require extra encouragement. Some require that you don't say anything at all. They just figure it out for themselves. We've got fast learners. Uh, We've got people that ask questions and don't ask questions. We've got people that learn on their own. Risk takers versus people that don't take risk. Some people that are quick to listen. Some people that are fast to talk. Obviously, old, young on time late. Some people like to compete. Some people don't, which is a whole concept around games and focuses that we do and what we do with those. Strengths and weaknesses, huge. Everyone has both strengths and weaknesses. If we respond to and react with every single person the exact same way, we'll never accomplish what we want. That's pretty obvious. Number two, after they're not all alike, you connect with some better than others. Think about that. There are some people that you naturally gravitate towards and some people that you may naturally be in conflict with. You've got to recognize this, right? It's easy with the ones that you're most like um, or they're most like you, right? It might be based on on somebody that you relate to because they're highly skilled. Maybe they like sports. Maybe you like their style. Maybe they've got a personality that's not quite as abrasive and you're more of the kind of person that's not necessarily outgoing. You may be someone who's a little bit more of an introvert. They may be extroverted and and you connect more with the introverts than you do with the extroverts. And we need to recognize and acknowledge and accept and embrace the fact that we don't get along with, we don't connect with, We don't relate to everybody, right? And if you've got 12 people or you've got 20 people, there may be half of them that you're just pretty comfortable with. It works pretty well. But the others are a little bit more difficult because they're not quite the same as you. And you need to understand that both of you know that you have nothing in common. With those people that you don't connect with, with those people that you have nothing in common with, don't think that you're the only one that knows that. You both know that. It's obvious And it's obvious that you don't connect with that person, that there's not similarities that you have. I mean, there's obviously always similarities. We've talked about this in the past. You both are wearing shoes today. You both breathe oxygen. You both 
most likely live in the United States of America. You certainly live in the same state because you're working together. You both probably drive a car to work. So there's a lot of things we have in common if we really want to break it down and look at it. Sometimes we have a tendency to focus on the things we don't have in common rather than the things that we do. And then the third thing that you need to recognize when you connect with, that you connect with some better than others is that you have to manage everyone. You have a responsibility to manage all the people. And this is where the, the uh, doing it all the same way and making sure that you are at least treating people the same is, is that you need to make and connect with everyone, not just the people that you get along with, which gets us to the final point that I wanted to make. And that is that it requires genuine effort. It requires genuine effort to connect with and embrace the individual. First thing is you can't fake your way to it, right? You just can't fake your way to having a genuine effort. It requires that you be genuine. You've heard me say this before, and that is, is there, there are three things that an employee needs to be successful. They need a definition of a job, their clear definition of their job. Number two, they need the skills and tools necessary to do their job. And the third and most important thing they need is that their supervisor has their best interest in mind, right? You, you can't fake your way to it. You're going to have to make an effort to connect with and embrace everyone. I'm sure you've had these survey questions asked of you. If you haven't, it's going to be coming around the corner someday soon. You know, when your reps are going to respond to my, my supervisor has a genuine interest in me. When was the last time your supervisor spoke to you outside of your one-on-ones and your team meetings? These are things that are going to help you to recognize and acknowledge and make sure that you are embracing all the individuals and that you're putting the effort forth. And if you haven't had those survey questions asked of you, you may have them somewhere in the future. So you need to step up and begin to make sure that you're making an effort with everyone in your organization. The second thing that you need to know when you're, when you're trying to look at your effort is that everybody's motivated by something different. I, I like to say that people are motivated by fear, fame, fun, or fortune, right? So, so fame is the simplest one, right? There are some people that really like to be famous, right? They really like to be acknowledged. They really, really like to have someone share when they've done something successful. They like to be pointed out. They like to have their name in lights would be a better way to say it. But there's another group of people that, that, that don't like fame, right? They would much rather, it would be the worst thing you could do would be to acknowledge the group that they've done something really well. They would rather you just slip them a note that says congratulations or thank you. They don't want to be known by people. Some people are motivated by fun. And I think the vast majority of people are motivated by fun. It's why we look to do some different games or have some different exciting things or try to break up the monotony in an organization because people in general like to have fun. They like to have different types of fun, but they like to have fun. There are some people that are motivated by fortune. That's usually in a sales environment. Uh, Rarely do you find someone that says, hey, listen, I want to work in a contact center because that's where I'm going to make a lot of money. The first word that I used was fear. And you usually find this with your roses. Um, Much is given, much is expected. So there's, there's a group of people that are motivated by fear of failure. Right, that, that, that they expect to be in the top group. And when they're not in that top group, they will work a little bit harder because they, they feel and see themselves as people being in that top group. So it's something that they, that they want to make sure that they achieve. And they're sometimes motivated and driven by fear. So what about your employees? What are they motivated by? Fear, fame, fun, or fortune? You know what? Let's make it a little bit more personal. What are you motivated by? 
Are you motivated by fear, fame, fun, or fortune? When you take a look at this, it gets you a little closer to understanding how you might connect with each individual the way they want to be connected to. So if it's your job to connect with them, right, what are some things that we can do to connect with them? Well, first off, you need to schedule the time so that you make a genuine effort to do it. So try something as simple as schedule five minutes a day to try to connect with one of the employees that you have by doing a little bit of research on that employee. I'm assuming that you already know a little bit about them. So if they're into music and they've told you that they're into a particular band, listen to one of the songs. If they're into sports, read the sports page. If they like the Dallas Cowboys, read a story on the Dallas Cowboys. Take a couple of moments and Google jazz. Do some things that help you to learn a little bit about that employee so you've got something to talk to them about when you're with them. And you know what? You should do this for both the people that you connect with pretty easily and those that you don't connect. Start with the people that you don't connect with so that you can make that, you can make that connection. And it just gives you some more things to talk about. You've, you've heard me also say that, you know what? The best way that you can connect with somebody is to be interested, not interesting, right? So when you're interested, you're, you're, you're focused on that individual, and that's the best way that you can connect with people. It's also, by the way, the best way to become a friend with someone over the course of time is to be interested, not interesting. Second, let them be your teacher, right? So if, 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 if they're interested in sports and you don't know anything about sports, ask them questions. Let them help you be the ones that teach you about their particular sport. So you might be able to make a comment, hey, you know what? What's a touchdown or what's a, how do they score the games or, you know, how many teams are there? Anything that allows them to be your teacher to make a connection with them and allow them to maybe teach you something. You're already in an environment where more than likely you know more about your job, their job than they do, right? You're the expert that they come to to learn about the job. Well, here's an opportunity for them to be an expert in something that might help you to expand and learn a little bit more. It might help you relate to somebody else because there's probably more than one sports fan or more than one music person in your group. It's your job to connect with them. Keep notes, follow up, make progress, measure your progress, test yourself. One of the ways that you can do that is to keep track of the last time that you connected with them Outside of the one-on-ones, just make a note the last time that you spoke to them and make sure that in some sort of a round-robin progress that you're getting through and talking to all these individuals and making sure that you're touching and connecting with each one of these employees. And, and, and when you're connecting with them, I, I want to embrace their individuality, right? I want to embrace who they are. And, and when, when I embrace each person individually, you are embracing the diversity that comes with each person being different. This is a highly stressful, highly monotonous, you know, very, very difficult job in the sense that there's so much repetition to it and requires energy and requires focus and requires attention. And one of the ways that you can help and embrace and improve your team is by coaching the individual as an individual. And the only way that you can do that is to get to know them and understand them and work with them. So let me land this plane. We started by saying that we have a tendency in contact centers to embrace 
the diversity, yet we treat everybody the same. And we know inherently that that just doesn't work. We can't do that. That we're going to have to focus and, and come to understand and appreciate and recognize and connect with each person separately. And I've probably have said the word individual a hundred times in this podcast, and you're probably sick and tired of hearing it. So what does that mean you should do? Well, everything I told you today was basic. Everything I told you today was stuff that you probably already know. My guess is, is that you don't put it into practice. Like me, you hear it, you take it in, you acknowledge it, you even agree with it, but you have a tendency to not put it in practice. So maybe you're the perfect coach. Maybe you're just starting out as a new coach or a new supervisor, or a new leader. But I promise you that whether you've got 12 people or 20 or 25 people, there's a group of people that you don't know very well, that you don't connect to, that you have a tendency to pass by them. And you know who they are. They just came into your head. There's maybe there's one, maybe there's two, maybe there's 10 of them. This is where you need to start. Take each one of those people and start to learn a bit, little bit more about them. Start to try to find out and connect with them individually so that you can work with them and make it a little bit easier when you walk by them. So you've got something to say to them. You've got a way to connect and encourage and embrace and motivate and help them to perform better. You know, the reality is that you may be really great at your job. You may be a great supervisor or a great leader. The problem is, is nobody may know it. And they may not know it is because the performance of maybe 10% or 15% or 50% of your people doesn't get you the stars that you're looking for because your group doesn't perform as well as other groups. Well, you know what? The way that you take care of that is, is you get some of your poor performers to perform better or maybe some of your great performers to perform even greater. And the way that you do that is that you connect with them and you you encourage them and direct them and lead them and coach them as an individual. Use these tools. Recognize that they're not all the same. Recognize that you don't connect up with each one of them. And thirdly, that it does require effort. If you put the effort in, if you get to know and connect with each one of your employees as they rotate through, especially with an organization that's high turnover, getting the skills and tools that you need to be able to work with that individual the way they want to be worked with, the way that they can embrace, the way that they can connect, you'll be greater at your job, which usually means promotions and maybe even higher pay. So go for it. I know you can do it. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now.